It's a busy time to be an American soccer fan. Here in the United States, we've got Lionel Messi, just the greatest soccer player of all time, banging in walk-off, game-winning free kick goals. We also have moves being made all over MLS in the secondary transfer window. And then, on the other side of the world, we have the United States women's national team getting their World Cup campaign rolling with a win over Vietnam last week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backfield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and over the next several weeks, we'll talk plenty more about Messi and Major League Soccer and other happenings here in the U.S., but on today's show, we're going to dive into the USWNT's World Cup campaign. We'll talk a bit about their win over Vietnam, what we learned, what questions were created by that performance, and we'll talk about their matchup against the Netherlands, the second group stage game. That game will be Wednesday evening, U.S. time. So we'll get into both of those things and who knows, maybe a couple of other things along the way, but we'll do it all in 10 minutes or less because here on the Backfield Show, that's just what we do. So without any further ado, let's get to it and talk soccer. All right, let's dive in to the U.S. Women's National Team's first game of the Women's World Cup and talk about what we learned and some really some questions that were created by Vlatko Andonovsky's choices with his starting 11. Let's start there for the United States. There were two big surprises in Vlatko's 11. The first was starting Julie Ertz at center back over Alana Cook, and the second was starting Savannah DeMello in midfield over Ashley Sanchez and Christy Mewis while Rose Lavelle comes back from injury. With Ertz, this was the big shocker for me. It felt like we were progressing towards Julie Ertz having a very clear role As a number six with the U.S. Women's National Team, she came off the bench in two games back in April, two of the U.S.'s three most recent matches, and played as a number six. She wasn't a regular starter, still working her way back to fitness, but has since started some games for Angel City, and it felt like it made a lot of sense for her to come back into this number six role. Apparently, though, the U.S. had been working with her some as a center back, and that's where Vlatko wanted to use her in this game. I'll be honest, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Thinking forward to the U.S. Women's National Team's matchup against the Netherlands in their second group stage clash on Wednesday, the U.S. have a handful of choices. One is to start Julie Ertz, who has played almost exclusively up until that game against Vietnam on Friday, as a number six. They can use her as a center back next to Naomi Gurma. Now, I know Ertz has played center back in the past. She and Gurma have only ever played once together before, and it was in a game where the U.S. conceded zero shots and had almost nothing to do on the defensive end. So one option against the Dutch is to start Ertz, relatively inexperienced of late center back next to a partner that she doesn't know very well. The other option is to bring Alana Cook back into the fold and put Ertz on the bench in the center back spot and have Cook start next to Gurma with Alana Cook not having played in a recent game. And the third option is to scrap everything, put Ertz in midfield, bench Andy Sullivan from the number six spot and start Alana Cook and Naomi Gurma together. That would have made a lot more sense, that final option, if Juilliard had not started at center back in the first game against Vietnam. But now, you've got a bit of a catch-22. There is no obvious solution. Maybe Vlako Andonovsky has the perfect solution lined up, and I just am not smart enough to think about it. To me, this felt like an overthink, where it's unlikely that Julie Ertz is going to bring as much value as a center back as she would as a six. So you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot early on. But I am even though it doesn't sound like it, I am reserving judgment on 
this Julie Ertz lineup decision until we see what Vlaco has planned for the Netherlands game. Maybe it works out just fine. But that was one big surprise from the U.S.'s matchup with Vietnam. The other I mentioned was DeMello. That was the right call, though, from Vlako and Danofsky. Even if I don't love the Ertz decision, this one made sense. DeMello has consistently been a better midfielder in the NWSL than either Ashley Sanchez or Christy Mewis. And with Rose Lavelle still getting back to full fitness, she came off the bench in this game and brought a lot. Hopefully, she can start for the U.S.'s sake against the Netherlands on Wednesday. But with Lavelle still working her way back and not 90 minutes fit, DeMello was the right pick. The 25-year-old racing Louisville midfielder is an incredible talent. She brings something on the ball, good set-piece delivery, good defensive energy, played Alex Morgan in behind really well in this first half of this game against Vietnam. Lots to like from DeMello, and I'm looking forward to seeing her more in this competition. The other thing that I was encouraged by in this game, and it wasn't totally consistent from the U.S., but there was some of it, especially on the first goal, is that there was some good soccer. The U.S. under Vlatko and Donofsky have rarely played anything resembling cohesive, team-wide, unified soccer. They have the individuals, but they've never had the team-wide play under Vlatko to make anything more out of the sum of their parts. In this game against Vietnam, who were defending in a 5-4-1 block, it wasn't totally consistent from the U.S., but there were really, really nice sequences. And, and maybe the best one for the United States in this whole game was the first goal. It's Sophia Smith's goal in the 14th minute. Lindsay Horan gets on the ball deep downfield. She plays a lovely ball with her right foot, breaking past a bunch of Vietnam defenders, plays the ball into Alex Morgan, who checks two and flicks the ball in behind then for Sophia Smith, who runs onto it in the box, finishes with her left foot, low and hard into the back of the net, and it's 1-0 to the United States. It was cohesive. It was clever. It was coordinated. It was a fantastic bit of play from the U.S. Instead of just lumping crosses into the box and waiting for them to be cleared away, the U.S. played a little bit, and they used their quality to their advantage outside of just trying to create 1v1 matchups. I liked it a lot, and I hope we see a lot more of it against the Netherlands. Let's talk about that game against the Dutch coming up as the second group stage clash for both of those teams. The Netherlands previously beat Portugal 1-0 in their group stage opener. They were the better team. Portugal didn't offer a ton. Portugal were also vulnerable on set pieces, which is something the U.S. should watch out for when they clash in the final group stage matchup for both of those teams. The Dutch scored their first and only goal of this game from a set piece in the 13th minute, winning a battle at the back post. That's, again, something to keep an eye on if you're the United States. But the scouting report on the Dutch, I watched this game in a lot of detail. They played in a 3-5-2 shape with one number six sitting in front of the back three, two number eight slash number 10 type players high up the field, floating into different spaces, two strikers, pretty fluid, different profiles there, and then two wingbacks running up and down the channels. This Dutch team has talent. The U.S. should still be favored, but there is talent in this Dutch team. A couple of players to spotlight in particular. Daniela van de Donk is an incredible central midfielder for them. Calm on the ball, creative, can progress very cleanly. She's somebody to watch in central spaces. And then Victoria Pelova on the right wing. She goes up and down that side for 90-plus minutes is one of the hubs of possession for this Dutch team. Those are players to watch. The U.S. will have to monitor them very closely to avoid getting exposed by the talent that is in this Netherlands side. But there are also areas to exploit. The Netherlands, I mentioned, play in that back three. Because they're aggressive, at least they certainly were against Portugal, I would expect them to dial it back a couple of notches against the U.S., but they still want to play a little bit. They still want to extend. And when they do... There are often these big gaps between the outside center backs and the wing backs. Those players want to push forward. They want to be a part of the attack. 
So there'll be opportunities for the U.S. to go the other way, to find gaps behind Pilova in particular on that right side, the U.S.'s left, where Sophia Smith should be licking her lips. There'll be opportunities there outside the center backs. There will also be opportunities in between the center backs. The Dutch are very aggressive, and again, certainly were against Portugal, probably slightly less so in this game on Wednesday, but the Dutch have been very aggressive with where they position those outside center backs to the point where they're involved in build-up a lot, they're involved in possession a lot, they're not afraid to step into midfield, which then, ding, 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 creates attacking lanes for the U.S. going the other way. I'm fascinated to see how this game plays out. You know, the Dutch will be a bit more defensive in this one than they were against Portugal. The U.S. certainly will have more to deal with in their defensive end. Can the United States either play a bit more soccer and try to control the ball and play through these gaps that will be there in the Dutch defense? Or can they be very quick and aggressive and assertive in transition to just play right through the Dutch without having to do all the pretty stuff beforehand? We'll find out the answers to all of those questions on Wednesday. And you can bet we'll have plenty more coverage of the United States women's national team and their run at the World Cup over the coming weeks. Keep an eye out for coverage over on backheel.com as well. We'll be talking about the U.S. women's national team as well as some of the crazy stuff going on back stateside. We'll have all that and more for you. If you enjoyed this episode, scroll up or down here in the Backheel Show feed or head over to backheel.com. Check out the coverage there and subscribe. We'll talk to you again real soon.